Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm the Sam and Sam Says, and today I'm happy to welcome Joe Guignon, CEO at OneUp Health, and I'm hip trusted partner to talk about how one up health is using data to improve health outcomes. Joe, welcome. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. And I'm so excited for you to be here too, Joe, because first of all, we share a same a similar passion, which is healthcare data and putting that into action. I think and I say all the time that you have to be really purposeful about interventions in the healthcare space if you're going to make a difference. And a big piece of that is using your data, reading your data, sort of understanding it all. So can you just sort of start with giving myself and, and um, our listeners an overview of One Up Health and the work you do in the healthcare space? Yeah, so thanks. You know, we have at our sort of core purpose is to improve the healthcare system broadly for everyone, you know, to get to a world where we have better healthcare with better quality, better value, you know, lower cost, a better experience, and to do that with equity across the board. We we believe that, you know, that turns into a mission, which is to empower and enable that through the use of the cloud data and infrastructure that all of us have grown comfortable with in the internet world to be able to make that data available. So you know, moving from a document world to a data world, you know, being able to acquire all sorts of information and allow for interoperability, and then to actually take that data and then to be able to analyze it and compute on it. That computing could be anything from, you know, a workflow for getting a patient appointment to doing a risk adjustment to thinking about quality measures. They're all dependent on data, and our goal is to make it really easy to get it, manage it, and make it available. I love that because in the healthcare space, there's a lot of data and there's a lot of noise within that data. And how do you use it? How do you distill it? How do you make it actionable? I think those are the million and billion dollar questions that so many people struggle with. And oftentimes, you know, sometimes I think, are we looking at the wrong data? Are we distilling it enough? You know, are we acting on the data and then going back and sort of refreshing it and and seeing what we've changed or maybe haven't changed. And so I love sort of all that you guys do. And can you sort of just talk to me more about like your mission and the importance of that modernization of data Mm -hmm. in this healthcare space where there is just so much and probably a lot of noise? Yeah, I think, you know, if we go back in history, you know, the fundamental of what's happening where, you know, there's a doctor-patient to nurse-patient relationship, there's care that we need from all the way from when we're born all the way through to when we might end up with the need for something, you know, where we're sick or, you know, just need care. That is not really the problem. Like, we have amazing people working in the health system. You know, what's really become challenging at the scale that we operate in the United States is that with a third-party payer system where the customer really is not paying for the service and the delivery system is actually not working directly with the customer other than to deliver the service, 
we have built sort of a bunch of artificial walls between each of these entities and thereby the, the, the sort of the collaboration to the outcome, here the outcome would be better care for a patient, doesn't really happen because they actually don't have shared interest, you know, because the payer has an interest, right? And rightly so for their shareholder and the hospital or the provider or has their interest. And then we have the interest of CMS, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and we have a lot of competing interests. And so what happened is a lot of the investment in tech went to sort of do a lot of what we did today. So we had a medical record, we collated an EHR, electronic medical record. Well, didn't really improve. It still looks like a document and we still print it out a lot. You know, on the other side, the payer side, what did we do? We made it easier to do a claim, which is a bill. And that bill, you know, and the claim come together. And, but, you know, every other experience we have, all of these systems in other industries have become integrated together. And so, you know, I don't know whether you're an Amazon fan or not, but if you did place an order, you know, you would be able to use your credit card and the delivery system would manage it. It would tell you where it is along the way. And it's integrated supply chain, logistics, customer service. And and there's no effort on part of the consumer or the supplier in that because we're all oriented to work together using data standards and technology standards that makes that easy. So what we have to do is unwind the system a little bit and put the patient back in the middle of it. And to do that, we need better data, which is data of a higher quality, more timely. I mean, some of the data that moves in the industry is 30 or 90 days old. You know, we don't actually know the quality where it started. Um, It's in different formats. It's sort of, you know, like trying to speak five different languages. And so someone can't really analyze it. And then you might not even be able to get that information. So we have people still chasing charts, making copies, sending faxes. And from that, we cannot draw any good conclusions. And so we bet get the best approximation that we can. I mean, if you look at quality measures, the majority of the spending quality measures in the industry is the people pulling the data together, right? So that you could actually run a quality measure score. That should all be automated. I mean, it should happen in real time. The data has been created in a computer somewhere. So little by little, what we're going to do is find that these processes are going to integrate. We've talked about interoperability for many years in healthcare. We're finally getting to a point where I believe that the industry is sort of screaming for the need to be able to move this data better and maybe even make the battlefield who can analyze it better for their own self-interest. But at least we would have the data moving and available to do that. Oh, I'm nodding right along, Joe, because, oh, how many things. So I'm, in addition to being a data nerd and a healthcare nerd, you know, part of what that is, is I, like the quality programs and the amount of effort. And I don't, I don't know that everybody realizes this because like when we think of healthcare quality, I think that normal person thinks of like vaccines, mammograms, like you think of the healthcare, you think of the right. outcome. Right. But what. I've come to realize, and I think, Joe, what you're like sort of highlighting is like, actually, where the magic, if you will, in healthcare quality reporting right now is in the reporting and in like doing those chart chases, training your providers to build correctly so that you can get the data to report it. And so everybody's investing millions and millions and millions of dollars, not to improve more like the number of mammograms, but can we better capture how many mammograms 
are taking place. Which and, we should innately know that that comes from a system. Right? And, but what happens today is that it's in a proprietary format. You know, our goal is to turn it into a standard format, this fire format, right? Which is uses a internet technology called JSON, which is basically the same way that we use our phone apps. It all works. Why does everything work on your phone, right? You don't have to know anything other than how you want it to work as a user. But there's a lot of tech that underlies it. We can get to the same place in healthcare. It all happens in the cloud, right? We all accept that that's a good and functional way to do this. And we all know that we don't really need to debate technology standards anymore. You know, remember the VHS Betamax kind of thing that happened? Like, we only need one format. Like, why does streaming work into your house? So we could go through a thousand examples. Everything that we feel productive about is because we've used technology and data standards. That is what One Up Health is all about, which is creating an open ecosystem so that all the parties can actually use the same data, compute on that data, share that data in near real time in one format that then allows each of us to do a better job along the way of delivering better care. Absolutely. I'm just thinking like, I love your example of an app or streaming. Like, can you imagine as an end user, if you had to like figure out the technology to watch Netflix, as opposed to just like a click, click my show, I just watch it. Yeah, there's a lot of people who aren't old enough to remember this. But I mean, if you wanted to hook up a printer, which we don't even use printers anymore, but if you did, you actually had to get it the right cable. Then you had to get the right driver. And then you had to hope that it actually could work. And then you would, like, it was hours and hours and hours. Like, with Bluetooth and plug and play, if you were to print something from your phone, it would just say, oh, here's a printer push the button, and then the next thing is printing, right? So the technology can abstract that complexity away. And who, who, who of us wants to go backwards? You know, there's going to be about somewhere near 100 plus million medical records copied this year, paper copies and faxes sent. And all that's doing is slowing down the care and making the experience more frustrating. And then even worse, we're probably not making good decisions. You know, a care manager doesn't have the completeness of the information that they need to make an in-depth decision because they didn't have the clinical data with the claims data when they made that decision because they couldn't get access to it in a timely manner. And so they might deny, you know, some authorization, but the person really needed that care. And it goes on and on every day, these examples. As we move into a more risk-based arrangement, how does anyone know if one of the parties is doing better than the other because we don't have enough data to tell us the answer to that. Absolutely. I mean, I've run into that as a patient where I know I got a test or I know I got something, um, but they couldn't find it. And so they're like, well, let's reorder it because I need those results. Right. Because it's important. Like the results determine the outcome of like, how am I going to treat you? And obviously somebody working in healthcare, all I can think of is, well, this is a, I, like we're spending more money now, right? Like we're doing another blood test and sometimes they're not even just like a simple blood test. Like how much is this costing? And especially like if you go to the emergency department or you go somewhere that's other than like your PCP, like your information, like they're not looking at it. They're going to run everything again. Even if you just had something run and you're like, no, that's probably not it. I just had this done. Um, and it's because they don't have access to that data. And then when you talk about value-based contracting and sort of that risk sharing, 
now that you're that's eating up savings, right? Like that's eating up the ability to be successful in those models. You know, I, we're spending over four trillion dollars on healthcare in the United States. There's a projection that's sad to say that maybe in 2031 we'll be at seven trillion and almost 20 percent of GDP. We're going to crush the economy and crush all of us. You know, we're bankrupting people every year because they can't afford health care. You know, if you dare to go to the emergency department, it'll be at least $10,000 just to have someone take your temperature and give you a glass of water. There is no world where that is and or can make any sense. But, you know, we can be critical of the way the system works, but really at the end of the day, every other industry, like 25 years ago, it was $2,000 to fly from New York to Chicago, you know, and now you can do that for $49. What happened? We basically opened up the information flow between the airlines, the airports, and the customer so that we couldn't any longer hide behind the opaqueness of the data. And then we manipulated price. And this is why we don't want monopolies to exist. This is why we need in the healthcare system to put the patient at the center of this. And the way to do that is with the data. And then the system around it can work better if we have interoperability and computing on one data standard will be for the benefit of all. Oh, such another good example, Joe. I feel like we sort of touched about touched on why this makes sense, why we need this. Mm-hmm. I sure hope our listeners understand that. But <laughs> can you talk about like the successes that you've had mm-hmm. and the lessons that you've learned and sort of as you continue to improve your methods, as you continue to sort of make that data more usable, more actionable, you know, what are your hopes um, in healthcare outcomes? Obviously bending that cost curve, obviously delivering better healthcare, but can you sort of make this more tangible for our listeners that maybe aren't data nerds? Yeah, I think it starts with just something as simple as being able to request your medical information as a, as a patient. You know, under HIPAA, we have a right to do that. We should be able to just pull up an app and make a request, pick the provider, and then push one more button, and it should just show up on our phone in a format that's easy to understand that we could carry around with us, right? That's the first most simple example, whether it's the claim or the medical record. I, as a patient, should have access to that information, you know? So that's easy, hopefully, for us, but not easy to do. But imagine if that was in your life and if you just needed that because you were going today, right, rather than having to call ahead. The second would be, you know, everything, like everything from, imagine a scenario that said, you know, you went to your primary, they said you should get a colonoscopy, and you're like, oh my God, this is too much work. I'm never going to even do that. You know, medical adherence is a problem. But what if your app actually said, hey, looks like you're free next Wednesday. You know, you've already been authorized for this. How about if we make an appointment on Tuesday for you to go and then you get to have here are the directions and here are the instructions and you go, you have your test and you walk out, it says your tests are clear, your record's been updated, have a nice day. Like that can happen. That's just about information flow. We understand the process. We also know that the data knows better than any of us the circumstance around care and cost. We should have better transparency, right? using the rules and regulations to see what prices are. And then prior authorization should not be such a burden on people. And we're working on APIs that make that easier to be able to find out, is this authorized without having to go through so many hoops? So really what we're doing is we're taking all the existing processes, 
and we're working with our customers to be able to implement solutions that really work where our expectations already are. You know, and then beyond that, um, you know, our goal here is to for an entity, whether it's a payer or provider, to be able to build a repository of one format, this fire format, with the APIs connecting to it in a secure way that allows them to run their businesses better. And that's what we're doing. We have you know over 40 million patient lives on the platform across 70 different customers. And we're learning a lot about both how to take them just that data in, manage it and make it available. And you know, we see a lot of growth. The last thing is the digital health companies that are emerging, you know, like weeds in the backyard, they all need data to do a better job. We want them to do the creative work they're doing. We want to support them so they can provide for some of these new ideas with the right data so the care gets delivered even better with a better experience. Absolutely. I love that scheduling piece because as you were talking about that, Joy, that, oh, my hairdresser does that. <laughs> like I can like plug it into my computer, you know, like my calendar yep. and it'll just find it. And I thought, how is it that I have an easier time mm-hmm. for something? I mean, getting my haircut's important to me, but like, yeah. like on the grand scheme of like importance of life, like, yes, I make it, I'm going to be okay. Um, but how hard is it? to schedule, I mean, I'm trying to schedule a, a, a doctor's appointment now, you know, the voicemail, I have to leave voicemail. I have to hope that when they call me back, I'm available and not recording a podcast or anything else. And I can answer and get it scheduled yep. because their online platform is really clunky and typically offers me something like three months from now. Yeah. And I think the other thing is to think about this, like the dynamic nature of our lives is such that we should be capturing data in the middle of the day, like you can't get your blood pressure taken once a year. Like, what's the point of that? Like, that doesn't tell us anything. But we have no thing, we can't do anything with this data today. But what if we could take it every day? What if you could walk into Walmart and you have your blood pressure taken, and you've made an agreement with them that it's shareable and it could just go back into your record so that by the time you showed up for your annual physical, you had 40 or 50 more readings of your blood pressure and the physician could say, oh wow, look at this pattern. Like connecting the sort of the consumer life with your health life, connecting these things together. You know, I put a lot of effort into this idea of health span myself, you know, and thinking about how biology and lifestyle work together and what data could I use to end up, you know, living a longer, happier, healthier life and consume very little, if any, healthcare costs myself. Well, I need a lot of data to figure that out, whether it's how much protein I'm taking in, how much exercise I'm getting, where my blood pressure is. I can start to own part of this. I don't always have to be dependent on this big system to work on my behalf. I think we can intersect the two of these in the years to come where how we live and how healthcare gets delivered can be symbiotic so that we can get a better cost curve, better value, better care, and we can live these longer, happier, healthier lives. Wouldn't we all want that? Like, you know, live to 90, but not be sick for the last 20 years of it. I know that's what I want. And I love like this sort of also distills down to something that we talk about a lot here on Sam Says, and that is the idea of empowering members. Mm -hmm. And the more that we can make this data actionable, you know, make it user-friendly, accessible, the more we're empowering 
our Medicaid members, our healthcare members, the end users. And, you know, I, maybe I'm naive, but I really trust people and their ability to make decisions that are right for them. And I, I think that if they had that, you know, sort of at their fingertips, we really could see a bend in that cost curve and just better outcomes and more empowered members. Yeah, I think that's got to be our goal. You know, the goal to um, achieve these big objectives is going to take some effort and we're we're in it for the long run. You know, we have a sort of a 10-year mindset, which says that, you know, it's going to take some time. There are a lot of good players in this, but it's a lot of work to change an industry. You know, we're seeing other industries change. You know, the auto industry is going to change to an all-electric industry over 25 years. You know, and little by little, we will see each of the industries accept what needs to be to provide better experiences for all and to do better for the planet and to take care so that there is, you know, something for future generations. And so we're on this mission to, you know, take and consume this data, make it manageable and accessible, do it in a in the cloud in one standard format. And, you know, and then it should be just as easy as you just said it is to make an appointment to go to your hairdresser. That's the way healthcare should happen. Yeah, it, it really should be just as easy. Oh, Joe, I am so grateful for your time. And more than that, I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing to sort of bring us into a more modern era uh, around healthcare data, healthcare utilization. I think it does really just, as you've said, at the core of every other industry's improvement and efficiencies, it's technology yep. and the healthcare space for a myriad of reasons. We could probably do a whole other podcast on just having <laughs> that. Um, and so I'm excited that like, maybe we'll see it soon because uh, we definitely need it. So thank well, you so much for joining me. Thanks Sam for having me. We appreciate your support and in the mission and purpose that you guys are on. We're going to keep collaborating together and uh, you know, hope springs eternal and uh, we're going to bring bring good solutions to the world. Thanks. Absolutely. It does bring internal. You definitely don't end up in the Medicaid space or the healthcare technology space without being an optimist. That is for sure. All right. To our listeners, to learn more about IMHIP and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one, we encourage you to visit our website at imhip.org. And of course, don't forget to like and follow us and 1UP Health on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And to learn more about becoming a trusted partner like 1UP Health, we encourage you to check out our trusted partner page on our website. As always, I'm Samantha Oldsfry. The Sam and Sam says, thank you for joining us. And until next time, be well and stay safe.